You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Locked On Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Cody Davis, and to the left of me is the best co-host and the best brother that I could ever ask for. It's your man, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and uh, Texas Talk, Daily News, yeah, Locked man. On Texas Podcast. It's really good. It's, it's just an exciting time. We are one day away from Avengers Endgame. Coming out on Thursday. <laughs> They're going to be mad about that one. You, Matt, and the draft. And the draft. And the draft. And the draft. I'm sorry, guys. That, that's what draft. we're here for, the yeah. NFL we're draft. We're not here to talk about how Black Panther's coming back, or Spider-Man. Or how they're not coming back. No, they're coming back. We don't Just know. go on Wikipedia. You're going to see all the movies they have lined up. There's new Black Panthers and new Spider-Mans. They're all dead. No. They're no. dead. Well, you know who is alive and well? The organization that we cover, the Houston Texans, a lot, man. Woo! Something happened today in the NFL that really can affect what the Texans are going to do. If not for, for the next couple of days with the draft, Cody, mm-hmm. uh, their future. And what happened with this trade. We'll get into another side of the break and potentially affect what the Texans are going to do with one of their future, one of their players that they have right now, uh, and their future together. That matrimony, that match made in heaven, may get tainted a little bit because of somebody else and what happened earlier today. And of course, we are definitely going to dive in the second round today. What should be taken? Who should be taken? You know, does it make sense? We're going to dive into that as well, Cody. Uh, So whenever we get back on the other side of the break, let's talk about whose pockets may look a little hungrier now that somebody else got their bread up. All of that more on the other side of the break. Locked on Texas podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked on Texans. Um, Quick question, guys. I'm pretty sure most of you are Rockets fans. Today, game five in Houston, Toyota Center. Rocky's going to close it out. But I have a question. Will James Harden ever surpass Hakeem Olajuwon as the greatest Rocket of all time? I, I, are you looking for a response from me? Yes. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Listeners, that you guys can chime in on it whenever right. you want to. All right. Uh, but that's not what you guys are here for. No, these, it's not what, the, it's these not what break they're here for. These arguments that we have between um, myself and Cody, they really go there. Um, you want to get back to football? Yeah, yeah, we can. I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Thank you. As I'm promised. just throwing it out there. As promised, something happened today around the NFL that could potentially affect the Houston Texans, but it had nothing Houston Texans written over it. What am I talking about? Well, the Chiefs pulled a huge move today. They reached out to Seattle. Seattle, who just signed Russell Wilson to that amazing contract. All of a sudden, Russ is getting his hair braided. (laughs) 
He's 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 creating interludes while he's landing in bed buying, celebrating his contract. He's buying his whole offensive line, like, um, some Amazon gifts. $35 million a year, you can do that. But that left Seattle in a place where they still needed to get some money because, well, they had guys that they're going to have to pay eventually, and they needed the picks. We know Seattle has, has built what they have now, built that Super Bowl run through the draft, through mm-hmm. picks. Well, today they went ahead and traded their franchise defensive end, Frank Clark, uh, to Kansas City. As soon as that trade went down, maybe an hour or two later, I can't really remember the time frame, but uh, Clark and the Chiefs agreed to a five-year contract extension, which will give uh, Frank Clark... $63.5 million guaranteed, five-year, $105 million deal. Mm-hmm. Huge, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what does that have to do with the Houston Texans? Clear, plain, and simple. Guess who's waiting on their money? Clowney. Jadavian, right now he has yet to sign the franchise tag that was offered to him, which is going to be uh, a little around get, 16. 14, it was, was going to be around 16 million, uh, almost close to it. Um, now, here's what's been going on. Here's what we know. Brian Gang, the general manager, admitted Thursday that the club is still trying to work out a balance between a short-term deal with long-term implications with Clowney. Having that contract set up to where it's not too long, but you're still going to get some good money on it, but we have some room to operate with it if we're not seeing what we want to see with the results. Mm-hmm. I've been big on the franchise tag, which I'm never really big on for for organizations, but in this case, I'm on their side simply because, well, you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to see if Clowney is going to be what you want him to be. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is he's not an all-time, full-time edge rusher. He drops back sometimes. He's an outside linebacker. When you look at what Frank Clark is, he's a defensive end. He sacks. You get paid for sack numbers. And right now what we've been seeing is that Clowney wants to get around the Frank, not Frank, the, the, um, the Lawrence contract or maybe the Khalil Mack contract. I think the Khalil Mack is just, that's absurd. I don't think he's going to get that. <laughs> I mean, Which, it's Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at what Lawrence did this year for Dallas, he's justified. The biggest issue for Jadavian is you haven't hit double-digit sack numbers. There's games where we don't know where you are right now. But to his case, he's a great run blocker, right? Yeah, he is. But, I mean, you keep saying he hasn't hit double-digit sacks, but it's like what I said last week. The weight of the defensive team is not on Clowney. I mean, you you have JJ Watt. Hey, you, you, you you should be you got a up. pretty decent even now, even with the additions that we lost, that that the Texans lost. You you have a solid secondary, so it's it's hard for me to say you you have to hold that. You will have to the, hold that. The thing is, them. you should, you should definitely be more freed up. To do some more damage. But here's why I'm kind of concerned now. Because I think this deal is going to put the Texans and Clowney at a standstill. Because I think from Clowney's side is, 
well, I'm giving you nine sacks here. I'm giving you nine and a half here. But I'm also giving you close to 60 tackles this year. I'm also giving you close to 50 this year. I'm also giving you tackles for loss. I'm also not a primarily a edge rusher. I'm also drop, I drop back sometimes. I do a little bit of coverage. Sometimes I'm spying. So the pressure that I could be putting on the opposing offense isn't always there 100% of the time. On top of that, the Texans recently just worked out Mississippi State's Montez Sweat, who's an edge rusher. So the question I'm posing is, are the Texans looking at a replacement? And with that replacement, what comes with it? No. They shouldn't. I mean, it's good to look at a replacement, but I mean, at the same time, maybe they're just looking at someone who can be his backup. But, but here's the thing about rep- the replacement. They, In this case, Montez Sweat is projected to go at least 22 picks before Houston drafts, right? He is a first-round draft pick. But at the same time. So if you time, bring him in for a private workout, that imp- implies you have implications that you're looking for a replacement. You're right, but at the same time, you don't know if that if if Montel Sweat is going to be the same player or at least half the player is Clowney. Yeah, but they you, need but to pay Clowney. It's like a the business. Texans, it is a business. You're right, it's a business, but they cannot afford to lose Clowney. You already lost too much in, in free agency. Why would you risk losing arguably your best defensive player? I think the the what comes with it is what you can get back for him. And if we look around the league at teams, now if he signs that franchise deal, that means the, the franchise tender for the one year, then uh, compensation would have to be given for the Houston Texans, which comes with two first-round picks. Um, but if you look across the league, there are going to be teams that are going to be willing to want to trade for him or in conversation. Yes, two teams. he's one of the best defensive players in the league. Two teams. I have right now that I, I I would be interested in exploring. What do we need outside of offensive line? We need a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Well, King Cliff uh, King Cliffberry, the new head coach for uh, Arizona, he's going to bring in guys for offense. That offense was atrocious last year. Defense is not going to be a priority of his. The Arizona Cardinals had a defensive coach the year before. They let him go after one year. They brought in an offensive coach in mind. So I would not be surprised if there is a, a, you know, come uh, draft day that the Texans kind of dangle. And I don't want to say dangle like, you know, he's a piece of – meat or something like that, Clowney. Mm-hmm. But they may dangle him out, and I think Arizona should be a team if they're wise enough to really evaluate, well, we can bring him in, and if we only have to give up so much, let's partner that with Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson has been in the league for a while. This is Clowney's, uh, I believe, his fifth year. Mm-hmm. This will be Patrick Peterson's, I believe, eighth year. I could be wrong with the number there, but Patrick Peterson is older than Clowney. He is getting up in age. So there's a dynamic where Patrick Peterson and that team hasn't had much success lately. Flip side, Jadavion has went to two playoffs in a row. He knows how it feels. Patrick Peterson, not so much. I think that's a trade that can be explored. Um, maybe a, a pick for next round, for for next year rather. And uh, Clowney, you ship that over to Arizona, you get Patrick Peterson in return if Clowney does not uh, sign that tender. Or Buffalo. Last year, uh, 
Shaq Lawson and and uh, Jerry Hughes combined for four sacks. That's not good. So they can use an upgrade at the uh, in position, and I think any team that gets him is so going to make him a primary. So what would you get back pick. from anything in Buffalo? You can get picks. You only have seven in this draft. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a good number. But if you can get picks to assess other needs on your team and fill holes and voids, then it works out. I'm going to ask this one question. Patrick Peterson or Clowney? For the Houston Texans, I'm going with Patrick Peterson. It's not even close. Really? It's not even close. Okay. It's not even close. Uh, I just think the implications that are laid out. Frank Clark, a guy who I think um, overall-wise, I think Jadavion Clowney is a better player because he does a bit of everything at his position. Yeah, that, biggest, that's what I was. That's what I was hinting to. Like, who's the better player? The, I would much rather have the better player, especially a player who is already used to our culture, a player who's who's I been know, great, three time Pro Bowler. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Here is the biggest difference. When I look at Clark, I look at he is a primarily, if not ten times out of ten, rushing the passer. When I look at Jadavian, he's an outside linebacker. So that comes with many different things and roles and, and chores. Jadavian wants to get paid like the outside, I mean, the, the edge rusher, the DN. Mm-hmm. But that's not his position. And the DNs get paid more than those outside linebackers because what are teams paying for? Sacks. And I think that is where the problem is going to come in. That Now his whole team, along with him, of course, he's going to look like, okay, well, I do this better than him. I do this better than him. And he just did this. He does this one thing better than me, but he's getting paid more than me. The problem is you are classified as a outside linebacker. The biggest issue with Jimmy Graham a few years ago with the Saints. He's a tight end, but he lined up primarily at receiver. But he got a franchise tag at tight end because that's his position. So the money is what's going to be an issue. I think without this deal... Maybe the Texans could have worked out something after Lawrence got his deal in Dallas. We know what the previous deals were done this year with Aaron Donald, with the Khalil Max. But when Lawrence got his deal, I thought it was going to be a little tricky, but it kind of just, I still thought it was going to get done. Now with Frank Clark getting his deal, it's going to be so much more tougher to get a deal done. I know it's tough, but money, this is a business and the business shall run how it needs to be ran. Brian Gaines, once again, Brian Gaines needs to pay this man. Also, your first year without McNair, Bob McNair, this is your first full offseason year. Let's not act like we have not seen GMs, head coaches, come in and create their own regime. And sometimes those regimes turns out to be awful. Well. Yeah, but that comes with the territory. Uh, and, and if it happens, will we like it? Probably not. But it's expected, especially in the NFL where you're not limited to 12 guys like an NBA, 15 guys like an NBA. And if you have that superstar, you're not going to really get rid of your superstar. And in Clowney's case, when you look at who's more of a superstar in Houston, well, one guy with the Harvey relief, not saying Clowney didn't do anything, but look what J.J. did. And... 
he is that superstar for the defense. On the flip side, you're not number two or three because you have Hopkins and then you have Watson. So he's in a place where you're good, but just like any other player uh, in this league, you're expendable. And I hate to say that. Man, so. they, they once again, man, I can't stress this enough. They cannot afford to lose Clowney this offseason. The, the best thing about if he decides to sign is he will control his own destiny. He yeah, will be yeah, able to control right. to go out and get those double-digit sacks. You want sack money without sack numbers. That is the biggest issue. It's not going to coincide until you give the organization what they want so they can give you what you want. I want to see the Texans give him basically the same contract DeMarcus Lawrence got in Dallas. And that's fair. Am I right or wrong? I don't I I would disagree. I disagree. Five Somebody, years, 105 million, only look, 65 guaranteed. This is why I disagree. How many sacks did DeMarcus Lawrence have last year? I believe it was just 10. For DeMarcus Lawrence? Yeah. And how many clown he had? Nine. Wow, that's that much of a big difference, huh, John? No, he did have ten and a half, and then fourteen and a half the year before. So now combining... do Dallas? Now do Dallas have anybody else on that defensive no. side like a JJ Watt? No, they do not. My point exactly. So once again, so Lawrence is Lawrence, their anchor. Exactly, Lawrence is that anchor. So most of the pressure and most of the weight of the defense falls on. Demarcus Lawrence's shoulder. I agree. It's not like that with Clowney, so it's unfair to say he doesn't get the snack sack numbers when a guy who only had one and a half more sacks than you end up getting five years, one hundred and five million. That's that's a that's a fair deal right there. I I agree with that, but here's an, another key point with with him not being the anchor, then you become expendable if we can get players or picks back to go out and find your replacement. But route. And they did bring in Montez Sweat from Mississippi State for a private workout. He's going he, he's projected to be going the first 15. So now you're saying that the Texans are going to draft Sweat and I'm, then just totally no, no, I, disregard what I'm is, offensive lines. No, what I'm saying is if they are able to find a trade partner that would, can give them something of what they will want in return, then yes. Montez Sweat was just to I wanted to use him to show the implications of they're gonna find mm-hmm. any hole that they feel the need to uh fix if it's avoided right now or could be voided. So uh but it's, it's gonna be interesting man. Yeah, I gonna mean be, we gonna we gonna see what's gonna happen especially on Thursday but they they for the one hundredth time, they cannot afford to lose this guy. Like I, the defense, even if they do draft Sweat, the defense is going to take at least three more steps back. I think that's contextual. You lost uh, Matthews. You lost Jackson. Now you telling me in the same summer you're going to lose Clowney? But if you can find that replacement, it'll be worth it. But we don't know. And I mean, we know how GMs we know, operate. Sweat might turn into a bust. We don't know that. You're right. You you're right about that. The one thing about it is they still have those two second round picks, and so much can be addressed in the second round, which we're about to get into uh, on the other side of the break. If you are in your car right now on the road to Walmart to go buy yourself some some clothes for the summer, you want to go by the pool, you want to look cool. On the way to the Walmart store. Around the corner, just say, hey, car, 
Play Locked On Texas podcast, which can be played on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalayas now, the new app Himalayas, and you can argue that sports.com. When we come back, second round picks, who you got? People are going to start getting mad at us because we bring up in-game on the uh, Texas podcast. <laughs> because that's the biggest event right now. I think they're going to touch a billion dollars open a weekend. It's an event. It's, no, it's a it's a three-day event. Like, Just like the draft. Do, do you know some movie theaters are airing every single It's like Marvel 22 movies. Movies from the first Iron Man all the way up until Civil War last year. I think people really have to ask themselves, do I really need to catch the first round of the draft? But I can get I can get updates. I can miss around here. I, I can miss around there, but I don't really want to miss in game. That's how I feel. I gotta see if they're gonna bring my girl Kamora back. They got to. They got to Kamora fine for the, alien. What is going on? <laughs> Back to the draft. Back to the draft. You know, the end game for the Texans is going to be hitting it in this draft, and right? if they trade Clowney, that's going to be the snap of a finger. Oh, my gosh. I like that. You like that? I like that. that. The thing about the draft right now is, you know, we've we've talked about it, and I hate to be one of those people that's, like, kind of repetitive, but it is what it is in this case. They have the opportunity, the possibility to really hit it in this draft. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we talked about what can come with the first pick, the first round, 23rd, and what they can do with that. Now, a huge draft, a huge round is the second one. Not only is it because the second and third rounds are huge drafts, right? Mm-hmm. Not huge drafts, huge rounds to improve your team because you can get so much in those rounds. And a lot of times, people are trading previous or prior years before the, that draft that they're going to be picking in to get those mid round picks. We'll get those third rounds, get those fourth rounds, get that, get an extra second. They do that in previous years to get these picks. What they have now, the Texans have two back to back. Now, looking at the board. Hmm, the depth chart. Hmm, the talent. I'm going to let you lead off. I, but I do think the primary concern in that second round, if if I have the decision, of course we're going to agree on cornerback, mm-hmm. but let's not sleep on an interior defensive lineman, how important that is going to be. Uh, but I'm going to let you go ahead and, and, and make your case for second round picks. So... Like I said, we both agree on cornerbacks, and I think we kind of agree on the same guy, Julian Love. We both love, yeah, we we really do love Julian Love. Yeah, we love Julian Love. We love (laughs) LJL. He's by far one of the best cornerbacks coming out of this year's draft. I believe so. He has has a great break on the ball. Yes. Uh, He's able to really... Stop at a dime. That's the thing I like mm-hmm. about Julian Love. He's able to stop on a dime. He's able to break on the ball. He's able to make plays. Uh, and and he's he is a, good at patting down passes. He's, he's, if he can't make the actual interception, then he, he is good at making sure that nobody else catches it. Throughout his career at Notre Dame, although he only had five interceptions, he had 36 pass blocks over the past two seasons. Oh, yeah. In 2017... He recorded the single-season record for most pass blocks in the season with 20. Yeah. And also caught three interceptions in the midst of that. I like Julian Love. I, I like 
His game, I like it. It can be very smooth. His transition is very smooth. The only thing is, he's I don't think he's that strong though. Well, and and he is at five eleven. He's five eleven, mm-hmm. um, about one ninety three. I know he's gonna probably bulk up ten to fifteen more pounds to get him to that uh, two plus range. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that plays cornerback very well. Yeah, he does. He reads very well. He he's able to get to his spot where he can make a play very well. Now the interesting thing about what we've both been discussing is, you know, the second. Because I think if they get to once they get to fifty four, I think the very first pick, they will go with a defensive back. Uh, unless by you know by maybe some standard they didn't go with offensive line first and they went defensive back first with twenty three, mm-hmm. which I don't think is going to happen. But then the vice versa happened. But let's just stick to they went lineman first, and now they're going to go with cornerback. Now what the conversation is going to be is what do they do with that second second round pick? I personally, and you know, I've been big on this running back. I know. I, I think it's too early back. for a running back. It's not too early for a running back. Uh, okay. Considering needs. Only uh, the running back is, is a need. It's, it's a, a need, small but where, need, but it's going to grow. Where is when you look at the list of your needs, what's number one? Offensive line. What's number two? Secondary. So you would say number three would be a running back. I think that's way too it's high. It's only because Bill O'Brien said it. He wants to run a dual option backfield. Yeah, doesn't mean it's going to go that early. Why not? If Why not the third some, round if, where you can get yeah, Montgomery in the third round if, if, if you really want to run it back? So, so you already know what running back I'm talking about. Right. If David Montgomery is still on the board in the second round, why not take it's him? It's too early. He's one of the best running backs coming out of this year's draft class. It's, it's too early considering needs. I don't think they are in a position to where they could avoid filling needs. That is a need. I, Outside of Lamar Miller, who's, to me, you might disagree, he's a little bit above average. Why not get a guy whose ceiling is a hell of a lot more higher than Miller, younger, and better? I'm, I'm just not on the running back train. When I'm looking at the needs of the Houston Texans in this draft, this draft is deep. By the way, a- another name just to throw out there to get maybe maybe a later round pick in this year's draft would be Willie Merciless, uh, another outside linebacker that the Houston Texans have mm-hmm. um, currently on their roster. We don't know if he's happy in Houston. We don't know if the, the organization is happy with him after the previous season he just had. But um, I, when I look at a need, I look at interior defensive linemen. I think that's a need. Why? Well, you just lost Covington to the Dallas Cowboys. Covington was a guy who never gave you big numbers at that position, but he always filled the need. He was very smart. Now, we know that the Texans have DJ Reader, but he was brought in, and it it never seemed like Reader ever just took over that position. Like, he was a fill-in guy. We're going to bring you in here on this down. We're going to bring you in on that down. To whereas I look at a guy... In this draft, I like from uh, Boston College, <clears throat> excuse me, Zach Allen. I like him from Boston College. He's a guy, um, last season, 
He had he led his he led the conference with 15 tackles for a loss, 61 total tackles, six and a half sacks. He had a pick. I'm not going to really just you know give that to him, but if I did, with his interception, he also had seven pass breakups and two block kicks and 12 starts. He's a guy I feel at that interior line position can come in immediately and create some change. I hear you. But if they, if O'Brien and at six four two eighty one, I, I like I, I would like an interior lineman upgrade. You're you're right, and and I and I and I will agree with you. But if you have a player like David Montgomery still on the board, and he's projected to go, it say early second round, but you never know, he might fall into that mid second round where the Texans are. I think it's too early. It's not too early. Like, why not? It's too early because give? it's. You, we've you said this. It's a lot of running backs in this draft. This draft is deep. You can You're get right, a running back. You can get maybe like a Bryce Love uh, later on, whose who stock has failed due to injury. You can you can go get you uh, uh, guys that are not super high on a lot of draft boards because there's so many. It's so many edge rushers in this draft. But running backs. Ryan getting, said it himself, and we even talked about this. I don't. I think it was last week. Sometime we talked about it in the show. You want to run a dual option running back system? Not necessarily a dual option. He just wants to get running backs more receptions. It's okay. Even more receptions. You 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 still gotta find a way to get an additional running back. Well, Lamar Miller, yes or no? He's, he's getting old. He's okay, getting old. he has already that. hit his ceiling. Yeah, Tate Foreman's coming back from injury. Who he's we, on track to come back? He's game over, on but track, we but we don't know if he lost a step or two because of his injury. We don't know. You still, you, you it's like you have to be re- weary of these things. That's true. So why not draft a guy, especially if you can get a guy like, like David Montgomery? Why not draft a guy? You know who's like his player comparison is Kareem Hunt. That's not saying he's going to be Kareem Hunt, but he's one of the best running backs in the league. Why not take that a, a guy like that? Why not? Because it's too early. It's, it's too early. This draft has so much that you can hit on, uh, like edge rushers, like interior linemen. You have so much that. We can wait until the fifth round to get a running back. But we don't and know who's going to be left. It's not about. <clears throat> excuse, you said it's not the about, fifth round. We we don't have. A it's not about round pick, who. So we can't just get caught up on names. It's not about who's going to be there. It's going to be about in today's game who can't catch the football out of the backfield. Even with NFL running backs, a knock on Ezekiel Elliott was he doesn't do much out of the backfield. He changed that this year. Now, granted, maybe because of the quarterback he plays with, but any quarter, any running back in this league, maybe outside of Afro Blue, um, who is is the guy that we have to replace, find a replacement for, but a more explosive guy, are going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Going second, for my liking, that's just too early for me. Man, man, I hear you, but, but I do, but... I, I do like Julian Love with the, in the, in the second round. I love, I would love that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, at least we agree on the Julian Love part. Yeah, I mean, just overall looking at what they have, um, running back is not top of their priority for me, at least. And I know that's something they want to change, at least with the dynamic of their running backs on their roster and the way they want to use them. Mm-hmm. 
But you can't name me too many running backs that can't catch out the backfield. You're right, man. But this year, they they need to I, draft a running back. I just think we're in a position where we want to hit on everything. We got to hit. We got to hit. We got to hit because expectations are super high now. Healthy offseason for the first time in a while. And that's another reason why they should draft a running back. Expectations are high. Expectations are high, but not high enough to deter away from what you want to accomplish um, immediately. Next show, we are going to dive into uh, later round. We have Thomas Welly coming back tomorrow to discuss uh, another mock draft as well. So that is going to be fun. Of course, getting uh, talking about mock drafts are always fun. And uh, just, you know, of course, we're going to provide the Daily Texas news on the Daily Texas podcast, Locked On Texas podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Whenever you are in your car, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Tell your smartphone, play Locked On Texas podcast just so you can hear what the hell we got to say about the Houston Texans. Draft is this, this Thursday. Um, I know some of you guys are going to be attending the draft party. Please be safe and have fun, of course. And we're just going to go back and forth throughout the entire week about the Texans draft. And I am John, some sports guy. <laughs> Hickman, until next time, be safe. We are the Bulls on Parade with a party twist. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.